Hello and welcome to another edition of the Capiche Filmcast. Stephen Barry here, joined by Right Motley Crew. I'll just get right into this. We're doing one of our shorter weekly podcasts discussing our recent film lockdown viewings. With me as usual, Francis Murphy. Yo, yo, yo. Gordon Webster. Good evening, Mr. Barry. Scott Armour. Hi. Wow, that was amazing. Uh, and <laughs> Robert Brogan. Hello, everyone. Hi, Robert. So this is your first time on the podcast. A uh, relation of uh, Francis Murphy, I feel sorry to say for you. Uh, <laughs> and, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much, as Han Solo once said. Sorry, I thought I thought you cut out there, Fran. I thought it was okay to say that. Uh, yeah, so we are here, of course, to just go over what we've been watching. Uh, I suspect with the uh, multiple editions, uh, we'll we'll probably have a fair few things to talk about. So, uh, like I said, we, at max, we want to these to be about an hour just to give you a heads up on that. Um, well, Robert, let's let's start with you. Um, what have, what's been going on with you? What you've been watching and things like that? Well, last night I watched the film The Lighthouse. Oh yes. The Robert Eggers film, that guy directed The Witch as well. Don't know if you've ever seen that. I've heard about it. Yeah, I, I, well, The Witch is superb. It's one of the, I think it's one of the all-time great horror films, and it really, really creepy, as genuinely is. good horror story and stuff. So, like, Lighthouse was good. You know, it's like it's, it's black and white. I don't know if you know much about it. It's black and white. And it's kind of filmed in sort of normal television sort of aspect. You know, like four yep. three sort of <clears throat> aspect. I think. Is that yeah. uh, is it Willem is it Willem Dafoe yeah. and Robert, Robert Pattinson? Pattinson? Is that the one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, quite an intimate film, isn't it? It's, it's, it's pretty relentless. Do you know what I mean? It's it's kind of yeah. but you know, well, well, needless to say, like like and well, it was me and the the girlfriend sat and watched it, and after it, I thought that was brilliant. You know, but she said. Mm-hmm. That's one of the worst films I've ever seen in my whole life. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's the impression I get from that film. It seems incredibly divisive. I think you have to really be in a mood for that kind of mood piece type film. Yeah, um, but it does sound it does sound really good if you're looking for like a kind of performances and ambience. Exactly, that's exactly what it's. The acting is actually incredible. You know, right? Superb, and it's just sort of quite a dreamy, hallucinationy kind of. It's it's a good film, you know. The thing is, fun, that comment as well. For another film which could maybe be described as that as well. I don't know if you guys have seen the film Midsummer. Yeah, Damn it, I missed that as well. I really want to see that. Yeah, well, that was that guy that did Hereditary. Yeah, um, an incredibly misleading trailer for that film, Hereditary. I thought it's kind of like, you know, the end, the way the film ended up was nothing like the way the trailer made it out to be. You know, which happens uh, to a lot of films. Hereditary, me and Fran spoke about this. That was the one that the tra- was it the trailer for that ended up playing in front of um they obviously messed up somewhere <laughs> along the line, but that played in front of families and kids. It was it played at like a twelve or a, a PG film. It was like the North <laughs> or something like that, and then the trailer for Hereditary came on. <laughs> so yeah, it scared the crap out a lot of people, got a lot of complaints. So yeah. Yeah, yeah well it's it's kinda that's a good film, actually. I did enjoy it. So me, me and my, my son, who's well, who's 19, he's 18 at the time, we went to see it and we sat and watched it. We thought it was brilliant. And he loved Hereditary as well. He went to see that about three times in the cinema. So yet again, I, we, we walked out of the cinema saying, that was amazing. And the first person we encountered as we left the cinema, this woman saying to somebody else, again, that's the worst film I've ever seen in my whole life. <laughs> you know? So we were like, what? Like, so it's pretty divisive, you know, but I enjoyed it. I, I like yeah. the lighthouse. You know, it's like, you sit down, it is what it is. You can, it's um, somebody's obviously had some sort of vision of the way a film should be. 
I quite enjoyed it, you know. I, you know, when I watch it again, well, maybe in, in a while, you know, not straight away again or then, but I'd, I'd, I'd definitely uh, recommend it, you know. I'd yes. recommend it. How is it watching it under sort of the lockdown? Because it's a film that's already quite a restrictive <laughs> yeah. quite film. Did it feel like it fitted or did it feel a bit claustrophobic? Well, actually, the thing is, you see, it's kind of my lockdown experience has kind of sort of ended in the sense that for, for three months I was furloughed and I was off work, right? So I was actually like having the time of my life doing nothing basically for three months and uh, getting drunk <laughs> every day. So nice. whereas now I'm back at work, I'm working from home. So yeah. I actually suppose when you actually put it like that, I kind of you know I, I feel over the past fortnight as I've been my work has been kind of increasing. I've been feeling more and more stifled, you know, rather than having a sort of although you were stifled anyway because what, what I did realise was when I was thinking about it, having been stuck in the house all day working and not being able to get out, at least now you can sort of maybe go some places, you know. Whereas <clears> there's all these people that have been working for the past through the throughout the whole of lockdown, it would all they do is work and then they'd come home and then they were stuck in. Yeah. Yeah. That must have been, yeah. you know, for that there was a lot of people, so that must have been quite bad. But um, so yeah, I, I suppose thinking about it like that, the film is the, all I knew about the film was sort of about a sort of descent into madness type thing. That's all I knew about it. That was about it. Yeah. Um, and it was, you know, it was quite. I thought it was well done. You know, and it was good, but um, it was a good film. But apart from that, the thing was, I mean, I'm not a massive horror fan actually. I do watch horror, but I think there's very few brilliant horror films. Right, so I'm not a huge horror fan, but one of the th- I was sitting about the other week and I was kind of sitting thinking I would really like to see the Texas Chainsaw Massacre again, right, the original one. So mm. gone, gone to eBay, bought it ninety nine pence on DVD without a cover or anything, just just the disc. Right. So got it delivered, and me and my oldest boy Andrew, who's nineteen, and Lewis, who's seventeen, we sat and watched it. And I haven't seen that film since some sort of Channel Four horror special about at least. 22 or 23 years ago, right? I've seen it once before and I watched it. It's, have, you, have you guys seen it? Have you seen the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre? I have. Yep. Years ago. I barely remember it, but I remember enjoying it. It's superb. It's got, to, it's got to be one of the all-time great horror films. It's absolutely relentless, you know? And the horror... It, it, I was blown up. Even that time, I was blown away by it, just watching it there. And Andrew thought it was amazing. Lewis was like, hmm, you know, he thought it was okay, but... I mean, I, quite, I don't know what. It's quite is it is it quite a slow film in the sense that it's a lot of tension built up, similar to that those kind of films of that era. I don't think they, they yeah. do that. I mean, that's that's kind of coming back, isn't it? Aye, and it's one of those films that involves like you know, I, I'm pretty sure it might have been one of the first films to do it, where it's like um, you know, the unsuspecting youths come across some sort of you know petrol station or that kind of stuff in American films and mm-hmm. that kind of the horror sort of builds up and. Yeah. A million films have copied it, but the last half hour of that film is the most unrelenting horror ever. Right. It's just, the girl just screams constantly, you know? <laughs> and you're actually, by the end of it, you're like, oh my God. But um, I love it. And it's, it's, yep. I've always thought it was a great film, but it's been way up in my estimation, having rewatched it just the other week, you know? And again, maybe that's, again, something to do with the horror of the whole lockdown thing, you know? You're kind of kind of feeling a bit on edge anyway, do you know? But I thought, I thought it was superb. Excellent. Yeah, that's one one only to add to my ever growing list of films I want to either watch for the first time or revisit. Uh, so there we go. That's another one. Okay, uh, we will then move on then to Fran Murthy. 
What's what's been going on in the world of you in your viewings? Well, interestingly enough, I actually I'm I'm more going to be commenting on what other people have watched, I suppose, rather than anything I've kind of added in because I've been I've, I've not is really been a, watching. Is that a fancy way of saying you didn't do your homework and therefore you're going to just copy everyone else? <laughs> yes, yes, that's it exactly. Um, I mean, to be honest, what what I do like when I'm quite busy, I tend to. Um, I think I talked about this last time. I tend to watch quite a lot of YouTube videos. Like I, um, I've been. There's this channel I mentioned before, that chapter, that talks about your true crime and, and kind of, uns- not unsolved, but it takes you through like a murder. It talks about um, everything that took place and how the, the killer thought he could get away with it and all that sort of stuff. And I find that really interesting. I was kind of looking into, um, as well, uh, urban legends that have sprung up online, like on Reddit and things like that, where someone will post uh, a picture of... Like, say they've moved into a new house and they discover a giant safe in the basement. You know, they're trying to unlock it or whatever, and all their users are, are you know, on the edge of their seat following this kind of real... Sometimes they're real stories and sometimes they're not. Another thing I was watching was there was a mini-documentary on YouTube about a thing called Cicada 3308, which is uh, it's basically um, there's a forum called 4chan that is sort of the the sort of cesspit of the internet like all of the worst things imaginable happen there that's where all of the worst people in the universe end up but i, I go there as well because you get the news before the news <laughs> i was just about to say you, yeah you used to use that a lot but i still i still go in there all the time because the politics board on there actually you get a lot of insiders from politics posting on there it's anonymous and they just say they, they sometimes have scoops and things on it but um on the random board on there a number of years ago there just appeared this image someone posted this image and it said if you can solve this puzzle, then you can work for us. And all of these kind of, it was almost, they call it like the autistic army of 4chan. There's like a bunch of people on 4chan who are obsessive. It's like the, the, the sort of autistic shared brain, basically, is what it's described as. And all these people followed the trail and, and they were doing cryptography and following all different clues all over the internet. And it, one of the guys actually figured it out. And it was it was sort of an elite group of of hackers that were looking for the next person to join them and I, basically he broke the deal by talking about it but none of the names were ever revealed but that sort of thing i just love that kind of thing so i guess in terms of what i've been watching it's basically been that was it you Frank? <laughs> no i wish it was me <laughs> i was about to say that it's just how, how can you tell what is true and what's just been fabricated for that type. I know it's a lot of work to go to, but call them alternate reality games. A lot of um, companies use them for marketing. So uh, a lot of people thought that Cicada three three zero eight, for example, mm. or three three zero one, it's something like that. And um, they thought that it was possibly that, but it wasn't. It was one of the very very rare instances. There was also a time on four chan. I saw I saw another wee mini documentary on this, where a killer actually posted up the coordinates of where they dumped a body. <laughs> and someone someone actually went and found it and reported it to the police. Um, I'm sure 4chan's the same. I know, obviously, they, they, they kind of live stream and stuff like that, but I think 4chan was the first place where people live streamed murders or like attempted murders and all that kind of stuff. Uh-huh. It wasn't... It's like... Uh, it wasn't live. It, it was happening live. Yeah, it wasn't like a video, but they were they were posting the progress of what they were uh, doing yeah, yeah. through the images. Uh, yeah, definitely. Horrifying, actually. Do you remember? Is there a particular case you think you're thinking of? 
I can't really remember, but so there's another website. It's called Best Score. I don't know if you've oh, yeah. across Best Score, right? So I'm probably a Best Score guy rather than a Four Chan guy. Shut. Um, <laughs> but, but, so I, I think uh, I'm definitely on that kind of same boat as uh, Mister Murphy's uh, sadistic mindset. Yeah, <laughs> good that you guys have something in common, I suppose. Uh, right. Well, do, do you not remember Robert? Do you not remember Rotten dot com? Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, that's from the that's kind of one of the, the classics. Days, yeah, yeah, I forgot about that actually. We could have a sub podcast on the on the go <laughs> soon about all the sadistic subjects because we had a few in recent ones, didn't we? Yeah, you guys, somebody else can host that. Ramblings. Well, I, I'm just waiting for one of Gordon's dreams. Basically, I'm, that's what I'm waiting on. <laughs> you can't, you can't like prompt it. That takes the the fun out of it. It's got to come out sort of naturally, but. Uh, Segway here, Gordon. How are you? <laughs> <laughs> that was naturally done. Uh, yeah, so Gordon. Yeah, I'm fine. What's what's been going on? Don't know how that was a segue, but uh, so yeah, I'm doing good. Or it's funny though. Well, since the last, I've not watched any new film, which is unusual. Usually, I will watch at least a couple of films a week, and the reason for that was visit my mum and dad and be able to stay with them for the first time in ages where there's plenty of other catching up and stuff to do but um, I don't think I really mentioned much about Raiders of the Lost Ark which I saw not long before the last one so I'll give that a quick mention because it's a is it the best Indiana Jones film? I don't know but I hadn't seen it in ages and I, I got it I've now got it in the DVD for the first time because I only ever had it in VHS which is part <clears> of the reason I hadn't seen it in ages but ah uh, so good and uh, I'd forgotten how it ended. the The ending um, wasn't as great as I remembered it, but yeah, I'm a I'm a big Indiana Jones fan. Love mm. John Williams' music, of course. I mean, it's been mostly music that I've been I've been more into music the last few days. I when I was at my mum and dad's, um, I, I went through some of their records and uh, discovered a new band I really get into. Um, I was all, I've always Eagles. My dad has a James Gang album, and I had I'd heard the name and I thought I've not not ever listened to them and the singer is actually Joe Walsh who was in the Eagles which I knew nothing about and I've been I've been listening to that album all week so I've really enjoyed that and yeah apart from that I got I got an air purifier which has been the highlight of my week but it's helping me sleep actually and of course when you sleep better you dream more don't you so I had a, a few dreams along the way and we need to we need to get this the music for Gordon's dreams set up for this podcast. Uh, yeah, I don't need to tell you, but yeah, I've been. You got to sleep well because you can't really accomplish much unless you're sleeping well in life. <laughs> that's true. That's uh, that's sheer pure <laughs> philosophy right there. First time I saw Raiders of the Lost Ark was with Francis' dad. Really? Yeah. Wow. It was. Yes. Um, It'd been out in the cinema, I think it was about 1981, but I didn't see it in the first run. So me and my dad and Francis's dad, before Francis was even born, for the next, no, obviously in those days, pre-video, it was these, the only way to see films again was to go and see them again when they get re-released at the cinema. Mm-hmm. Oh God, you never think of that. <laughs> yeah, and what happened was, that's the thing, so say like, you know, not the thing is as well that not many films did get re-released at the cinema. They had their run, then they disappeared, you know? And that's the kind of one thing about, like, obviously, historically, Star Wars, you know, you, people thought that's why they kind of didn't release the toys too late and all that. It was because they thought, mm-hmm. this is a film, it'll disappear, that's it. Like what happened with all films, pretty much. So with Raiders, I think, I don't know, I, 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 did, I could probably figure out when the date was, we went to see it in the old Kelvin Cinema in Paisley. 
Um, oh, wow. And it was like, it just blew my mind. You know, I, I think I think it is the Raiders is the best Indiana Jones film. I think it's one of the all time perfect films ever. It's just everything about it is. Yeah, it's a fun film. It's a fun film. We we did a we did a spoiler for that in one of the earliest podcasts. Me and Scott, um, I think we gave it a quite a good review. Um, it was one of the first times I'd watched it. To be fair, I have to own up to that. I was never a, I never really got a lot of the Indiana Jones films when I was younger. Um, I was a Star Wars man, but not. I just kind of didn't see them. But yeah, it was good to to visit that one. Um, I'm not sure if I've seen Temple of Doom, but I know it's not supposed to be quite as good. Well, I think it's got. I think it's got. A, probably not as good, but it's, there's definitely a charm there. It's definitely got that Indiana Jones charm. Yeah, I, I like it too. I, I enjoyed it when it came out. Again, me and my dad went to see it, and then when the third one came out, funnily enough, right, when the third one came out, I think about 1989, I think, me and my pal Davey went to see it, and I actually left the cinema feeling a wee bit disappointed because I thought it was maybe too funny, almost, uh, you know? Yeah, it's, it's definitely. It's more, it's more comedic, but looking back now, it's superb. As I watch it now, I think yeah. it's almost flawless. Even but the... Fun, kinda, even the um, even the even the first scene, yeah, and it's the whole kind of like the kind of remember is he in Japan? Uh, I think he's in. I well, it's somewhere in the Far East. Yeah, that's a uh, brilliant oh, that's, scene. Yeah, You know what? Right. It's probably it probably kind of although he's got the the kind of white suit jacket on and all that kind yeah. of stuff, but it's actually very reminiscent of probably like a like an older Bond scene. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So obviously he's in and he's. You know, being Indiana Jones, and he's been quite sort of confident and cocky with the the guys he's doing business with. I can't really remember what they're trading, but um, there's that kind of he thinks he's been cocky, but then actually he then drinks the poison. Yeah, yeah. So then I've always, that, oh yeah, that's good. And he has to grab the antidote. He's got to grab he? the antidote. That's so then, right, yeah. that's probably where the comedy comes in because then yeah. like this, this antidote plus- like a. a um, <laughs> it's like a slippery banana it's just like kind of flying across this dance floor people are kicking it away he's about know, to grab man. it so that, that was the thing as well though I mean like you know again cinema you know when me and my dad went to see that it was in the cinema you know and it was like when that scene and that, that's, that's the start of the temple of doom isn't it because when that yeah. scene starts that, that is spectacular and it does lose a wee bit on this slightly smaller screen I know everybody's got flipping 65 inch tellies and all that now right enough but it did make, you know, it was good, you know. Um, do you know, know what the club that was called they were in, though? Where that oh, happened? yeah, yeah. You know, do you know what the, the name of the, what the club was called that they were in that that transaction happened? It was Club, <laughs> club Obi-Wan. <laughs> <laughs> it was the name of the club. Aye. So, yeah. I love, I love those touches. Um, I know, it's great, actually. It's great. Um, there's something the about, scene. just something about Spielberg's films in general, because... Oh. Um, <laughs> And it's no, it's it's not exactly a coincidence that I'm a huge Jaws fan, and uh, God, there's, there's so much other stuff. Two nights ago, um, I watched two films. What was it? The first one was Jaws, and then the second one was Dead Poet Society. Oh, um, Jaws! Uh, I mean, oh, just, that, uh, I, Jaws is just for I the don't know. Perfect. Jaws is perfect. <laughs> Start to finish it's and, yeah, um, yeah. What always amazes me, I know, I know it sounds really stupid to say this, right? But see how obviously films have been getting made for many a year, and you know how like you think, oh, digital technology and how great it is. Right. And, but see when you look back, um, what you forget, well, what always astounds me is see the film going through a projector. Mm-hmm. 
and this is going back years ago, how every single frame right of that captures that image going through that fast. And the quality of that image is still almost better than anything you get just now. See when I see when, see when I watch Jaws or something, see when you're watching like a I don't have a big massive telly, but girlfriend's got a big massive on a huge telly. You you actually can't believe how good the picture quality is. You think <laughs> How is the technology available in the six, fifth, you know, seventies or sixties or But it, actually, it's better than now. You know, it's like it's. I think it's, it's just. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it's probably. I think it's probably just that creative uh, direction. To be honest, and the thing I, the thing I love about Jaws is, is that they literally did build a twenty-five foot mechanical shark. However, <laughs> the fact that there was so many issues with the production uh, in that film. Actually, it made the film a hundred times better because Definitely. it made it made that Spielberg had a decision to make. Let's say, well, rather than have the shark in pretty much every scene, yeah, let's just use that tension. Let's just use the yeah. music, and it's just yeah. it's but insanely it's, the, it, the tension that that film builds. Stuff. It's I not showing yeah, the it's the fact you like don't see the shark for such a yeah. long time, Absolutely. isn't it? You know, right. it's all about seeing the film from the survivor's perspective and and you are obviously they wouldn't see the shark that much so that's why it works you feel like you are with them on that boat yeah well it's the yeah. cliche isn't it of what you don't see is, is scarier in the sense Absolutely. that like i always remember playing Resi- the game resident evil 2 mm. and when you were going into the police station and there was the creature it was called like the liquor it was like yeah. this horrible looking thing but for this sequence you didn't see it and you come up for this dead body there's a bit of dialogue, or not dialogue, a bit of text comes up when you click it and it says its head is gone, it looks like it's been twisted off. Yeah. And then you then you see a wee tail move past a window. And th- then there's the reveal of this thing, but this, I remember being, you know... Petrified. I mean, well, the thing is, Steve <laughs> always finds this quite funny. Like, I I got to the point where the, ga- the Resident Evil games got so realistic, I just couldn't play them anymore. I couldn't <laughs> yeah. handle it. I couldn't, well, I couldn't deal you, with it. You got Resident Evil, the remake, one of the scariest games ever, I will admit. Um... You got that for your for the GameCube for your Christmas, and I asked you about a month later because ah, I'd completed it at this point. My God, it took me a while. It was so hard and scary. How did you get on? I sold it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you little what? He sold it. <laughs> well, yeah, Frank, scary. If, if if you've got it and you you should, I don't know if you have played the the remake of Resident Evil Two, but if you remember in Resident Evil Two, you had the the tyrant, uh-huh. so it was the guy with the kind of big guy with the green jacket. He is absolutely like a nightmare in the new game like <laughs> literally will give you nightmares he follows just you, relentless he follows you everywhere only two rooms in the entire police station are safe for this guy and you hear his footsteps coming after you like literally everywhere it is terrifying it reminds me actually of my ex to be honest <laughs> did she wear a, a bowler's hat and a big black jacket <laughs> i could i could picture it i could see it yeah <laughs> i tell you what but see see in terms of games that were absolutely horrifyingly tense if he's ever got a chance to play a game called alien isolation that is terrifying isn't it the ai of the alien that's so it's it, it's just the fact that it can appear anywhere and if it does appear you're fucked you can't, yeah. you can't kill it. It's just you're, it's game over. So the entire game has to be played with fear. It took them so long to work out that the film, the success of the original Alien film, was the fact that it was that one alien. I mean, not, I suppose the aliens, but um, 
And the games had never done that before. The games were action games and they were just like shooting aliens right, left, right and centre. But they weren't scary for that reason. They were just like any any enemy, like any game. But in this game, it's... In terms of yeah. story as well, it's probably the best aliens film since Aliens, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when we eventually do a spoiler on the Alien franchise project, uh, yeah, that would be interesting. Uh, well, I've been trying uh, to calculate how long it would take us to actually get through all the things we want to do. I mean, we'll probably be like pensioners by the time we get through some of the <laughs> like the, the the Marvel series, for instance. My God. I mean, They're still going, so I don't know if we could. I, I feel like it has to be something that's maybe kind of stopped. Like, yeah, the Bond one, but it'll be about five years by the time the next Bond comes out after it. Um, See, by the time we finish the Marvel series, there'll already be a remake of Infinity War. Yeah. Mm. I know. Right, uh, let's get back. Gordon, did you have did you, would you just mostly listen to music then? Uh, is that mostly what you've been up to? There's no films to report. Yeah, all right. Um, Gordon, just, um, just a quick question. What was it you said? What was it about the Ender Raiders of the Lost Ark that you you weren't a fan of this time round? Well, it was him. It was Jones going on to the German U boat. <laughs> and I just. <laughs> <laughs> I got, I just, I felt like it was getting a bit over the top. Yeah. And there's always a bit in that film I start to switch off, and I, I don't know why it is. And it just, it just felt weird. It didn't, I didn't think it, it fitted in so well with the, the way the rest of the film was. It just well, was. It, I read something somewhere, I could be wrong, that actually when you look at Raiders of the Lost Ark, and I love it. I do. I think it's one of the all-time greats. It's one of my top ten films of all time. But it was kind of like a complete waste. Of, the whole the whole um, journey was actually a complete waste of time because if it was going to kill the Nazis anyway. What was the point of trying to stop them? Get it? You know what I mean? Was like, <laughs> yeah. You know. So what, what, what was the point? But anyway, I think I remember the, the 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 last scene with the um, obviously the Nazis that kind of peels away their face and they kind of melt away. I think that's quite dated. It's probably not oh, uh, well the, the special uh, effects, but it still adds yeah. that charm. It's that it was dated. Charm. It was dated at the time. It was actually <laughs> dated at the time. Right. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I would say that my favourite Indiana Jones film has always been the Last Crusade. I don't know if it still is because now, when I after you watch Raiders, you think, well, they may there maybe was a bit too much comedy between Harrison Ford and Sean Connery at times, but there's there's something really magnetic about the chemistry between the two of them. So, but then I I do like the Temple of Doom for it's it's dark feel you know nobody nobody's mentioned the crystal skull yet uh, I was that, say, are that, we disregarding no, the crystal skull no, completely no, I don't, that's heinous oh heinous. god that. <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> forgot all about it actually I've yeah, always I thought of it as a trilogy but yes yeah, it's, it's alright the crystal skull it's not it's, it's not one that I keep going back to the only thing I remember is Shia LaBeouf being quite irritating and Harrison Ford hides from a nuclear explosion in a fridge. And then that bit when like, it was like something the some daft cartoon when it was like they were on the cars and stuff and all the insects oh, the monkeys were going through, and there's like yeah. his, you know his legs were going like over the you know as the as the, as the cars kind of separated you know this I was like in the cinema uh, I was just like oh. yeah uh, oh yeah. Cartoony. Okay, okay. Uh, all right, and Scott, then what's been going on with you? What you've been up to? Uh, a couple of uh, so I completed the PS4 game God of War uh, without getting into uh, too much detail. Um, if you want to spend 
about 30 to 40 hours playing a Greek god in Kratos in North mythology and going up against Odin and Thor's uh, kicking about in their back garden. Uh, I definitely recommend it. Uh, visually, it's looks beautiful. It's uh, RPG, but the way the game's actually told, it's, it's told Kratos is this sort of battle-hardened, really, really nasty guy who had to do a lot of bad stuff back in the kind of Spartan days. And this story is about him trying to sort of move away from that and actually nurture his son. And you basically play the entire game with this sort of Kratos being overly hard on the boy, which he always just calls him boy. And his son sort of trying to learn, but feel kind of like, I can't do anything right because my dad just constantly um, beats me down all the time and all that kind of stuff. And then obviously that relationship uh, sort of um, blossoms essentially. Um, so it's a cool dynamic, uh, uh, and I would thoroughly recommend it. It's meant to be cinematically quite impressive. It's meant to be done as if it's one shot, like it doesn't ever cut away. Yeah, pretty much most of the cutscenes they try and still keep it, so the camera or the screen is is still behind Kratos. So again, you're seeing it from that kind of continuous his view. Do you know what I mean? Um, very good, very good. Uh, though I obviously mentioned as well, I'm, I'm trying to play... Uh, I started Resident Evil 2 Remake and it is solid and it's terrifying, but it's amazing. Uh, graphics are out of this world, but there's I don't think it'll ever take it away from that kind of overly pixelated, blocky Leon Kennedy and his ginger hair. Like, he's mm-hmm. not ginger anymore. Not sure how I feel about that. Mm-hmm. Um but I definitely, as I say, Fran, if you if you like Resident Evil two of the original, you would you should definitely get your, get yourself on that. Yeah, I think I think um, going from eighteen to thirty four, I think of my backbone has actually appeared now, so I, <laughs> I'll be able to handle it. Do it, do it. It'll be worth it. Um, yep. Film wise, uh, I've actually watched a couple of films. So there's been two recent films that have been released. One on Netflix called The Old Guard. I don't know if you've heard. I saw a trailer for it today. It looks pretty good. Charlize Theron. It's very good. Uh, it's actually, a, so it's just over two hours. It's about a group of people who sort of do, um, try and keep out the limelight, but they basically are immortal, right? So it doesn't matter how much you shoot them or stab them or whatever, they can come back to life and kind of transpires that they've been the ones who have changed humanity and mankind for the better um, they've been involved in all the kind of good things that have happened uh, in the world and actually it's it's a just just very quickly it's a rather it is an action film but actually it's a it's a great um, it's a great film to actually care about the actual characters and the main characters so it's very good at sort of character progression and actually when the action happens you kind of think Right, okay, this is an added bonus, but I actually kind of want to get to know the, the people more, and actually it delivers on that. So it's not like Transformers then? It's not like just like that. <laughs> it, you know, like other Netflix films like Six Underground, but it's obviously it is all about the action, it's all about a bit of comedy, but you just you just don't care about anyone. This film, you actually, the, the acting and the, the storytelling is that believable that you're kind of like, right, I, I, I really don't want these people to die. Does that make sense? Or, you know, you don't want anything to happen to them and you want them to succeed and all that kind of stuff. But and but take nothing away from the action scenes as well. The action scenes are intense and uh, really good. So 
I thoroughly recommend that. Um, Is that Netflix, one? did you say? It's on Netflix, mate, aye. Cool. Charlie's Theron, I think she's fantastic and she's amazing yeah. in it. She's amazing in it. Um yep. the other one is uh, Tom Hanks' new film, Greyhound, and that's on Apple TV. Is that World War Two? Submarine type or air uh No, so he's the captain of a destroyer and it's all about uh I don't think it's based on a true story or actual events. I think it's the screenplay's been adapted from a novel. Um and it's Hanks that's done the screenplay. But it's basically just the issues, what um, like uh, cargo ships and, and destroyers had actually crossing the Atlantic or the Black Pit, as they uh, the, sorry the Pacific or the Black Pit, as they called it, where the uh, U.S. or the Allied forces um, air force were unable to fly across. So basically, all these the, these boats were basically there for the taking from all the the sort of German. Uh, submarines and stuff like that and they were all just vulnerable so it's such a good film it's such a good film it's an hour and a half it's tom hanks back and that sort of um intense start to finish actually kind of reminded me a wee bit of 1917 where there's actually not a lot of plot here it's literally he has to get that boat and that cargo from a to b but the the ride in between that is like non-stop tension and you are literally on the edge of your seats um however it's also it's also paints that picture similar to 1917 but with that finished then when that film ended you kind of felt like it's almost as if somebody's just punched you in the gut because <laughs> these guys went through insane days of trying to protect people and save as much people but then right at the end of it they just get Thanks for your service. Go and debrief in, in Northern Ireland. Thanks. Uh, Ready yeah. for the next mission? Do you know what I mean? So you kind of you get the set. That's what happened at the end of nineteen seventeen. He just gets a thank you. You know what I mean? It's just again thoroughly thoroughly recommend it. Um, really good film. Tom Hanks uh, on top form and surprisingly on Apple TV. If I'm honest, there's not really a lot of good content on Apple TV. So uh, I've done well there. Yeah. Hmm, I've not, I've not, I don't have Apple TV, so I would never know. Even the, I forgot that even was a service. Yeah. Uh, the other one I watched uh, the other night was uh, the Equalizer Two. So I don't know if any of you seen that. That's on. Oh Netflix. yeah, yeah. No. I saw that quite recently, Scott. Yeah, <laughs> got a few things to say about that. It was it's fun, I suppose. Do you know what it's? It is, but it's just it's kind of like a confused film because it's so ultra violent, and it's yeah. about. Uh, but actually, the main premise of the film is about doing good. Yeah, yeah that's <laughs> so, right. But it's that kind of eye for eye thing. Denzel Washington just, if he sees something, if he sees something untoward happening to innocent people, he then goes to, for example, a group of these uh, the young guys to tell them that have just uh, roughed up a roughed up a dame, as they would say in Sin City, uh, and he and he proceeds to just <laughs> batter every one of them. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> he spends. Like the first one, I mean, he spends most of the film blowing people away, just maybe even more that. so than, than the first one. <laughs> but, then, but see, at the, at the end, I was just going to say there was the, some of the CGI just mm. too much to bear. Yeah, it was a wee bit, it's a wee bit, I don't know, it was a wee bit cheesy for the film it is. You're kind of like, it should essentially just be kind of straightforward action, but um, I suppose it was trying to make the tension with the, with the storm and where they were and all that kind of stuff, but I mean, it's good. I think. I, I think 
if Denzel Washington wasn't the main main character in it, it probably would be bordering on mediocre. He obviously, like most films he's in, uh, carries um, and he is yeah. he is solid in it. He is a, he's an amazing actor. So, um, but yeah, just a couple of bizarre things. He obviously you can I think he's got no compassion or anything to anyone, and then he just befriends this young guy who's really good at painting, and he wants to develop his career in, in painting. <laughs> Then he's going and murdering loads of folk. <laughs> He'll just kind of like, I don't know what that's meant to say, but it's just so inevitable. He, he <laughs> saves him from a life of crime. I mean, seen Aye. that many times before. <laughs> saves him from the bullies. Aye. Cool. Uh, so yeah, a violent, uh, a violent watch then for you, Scott. Um, is there is that is that most of your films then? Uh, I did start watching a film called The Good Missy on Netflix. The good Missy. I fell asleep about forty minutes in, and I really don't think I'm going to watch the rest of that film. Okay, yeah, not a recommendation then. Not no. going to. Oh, in fact, what I was going to, what I wanted to talk about, I don't. Again, I don't know if you've seen it, Space Force. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. I watched yeah. a bit of that. Um, <laughs> it was quite, it was quite funny actually because there was parts of it where I was, I was getting annoyed at it because I thought this is just cheap digs, and well, then there was other parts where it, it sort of. It kind of did um, almost. There was people kind of playing uh, like joke versions of real politicians and things, but the, yeah. the, the, but they were doing it from every side of the aisle. So it was quite funny because you could see that it was just straight up comedy. It wasn't like, but there were parts of it that felt like it was. It was. I don't know. It was kind of taking the piss, but too much of a slant. But sometimes it was okay. Other parts just, were good. Yeah, I mean, like, so when you. For, I just didn't really know what it was what it was trying to be, right? Because obviously at one point Steve Carell's this zany, you know, general ahead in charge of Space Force that's just created, which is obviously uh dig uh Trump's Space Force and that kind of thing. They don't call him the president, they never name him the president, it's always POTUS and all that kind of stuff. So I think it's obviously digs at that and how ridiculous it is to try and get a colony on the moon before China, <laughs> right? That's kind of the whole premise and the whole mission of Space Force in this. But at one moment Steve Carell's this zany guy, he's trying to get a he's trying to get a dog and a monkey to repair a satellite in space. But then and he's got a kind of weird he's got a funny voice on. But then there's there's these really serious, profound moments mm. with his daughter and stuff, and then he just talks like a normal guy and you're kinda of like I don't actually know. Is this a is this total and utter slapstick comedy, or is it trying to be some kind of drama series as well? Well, very very few programs can do that. Like you've got, like for example, The Simpsons used to be very very good at doing that, yeah. where you would have moral lessons and serious moments. But <laughs> it basically has to be like a program like that. Basically, has to be written by a genius. I just don't think it. In fact, I tell you, I tell you what. Talking about geniuses, for me, the person that absolutely carries that film, eh, that entire series, is John Malkovich. Oh yeah, every yeah. scene he's in, even the way he speaks. So basically, he's there to be that sort of Steve Carell's your kind of comedic. You know, you think he's an idiot and all that kind of stuff and a buffoon. John Malkovich doesn't actually say any real gags, but the way he then explains reality back to Steve Carell. And the way John Malkovich does it, where he barely takes a breath, and it mm. sounds as if he's going to go out of breath very quickly, but he keeps on talking. That's yeah. the point where it's hilarious. 
and I think John Malkovich just carries the whole thing. But if I, I would persist with it, I would persist with it, Fran. Watch the whole the whole thing. Um, I just when it finished, I was kind of like, I don't know. I said it started off crazy and daft, and there's a couple of crazy daft bits towards the end, but then it became this kind of serious family issue, and it's yeah. like really just didn't. From especially if we talked about the trailers from in terms of hereditary, when you look at when you watch the trailers from Space Force, you do think it's that kind of almost Judd Apatow daft program. But then when you watch it, you're kind of like, well, actually, that wasn't. That was totally different from what I was sold. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it was definitely, yeah. definitely indifferent when I finished watching that. To be honest, right? Okay, not quite a recommendation then. Um... Well. It's a weird one. I probably would recommend it, but a caveat, a qualified recommendation. It's not going to blow you away, but it's still worth a watch for Are the performances. Good. Is that what you kind of suggest? Again, I kind of thought that Steve Carell was just this sort of. He was funny in the sense where he would go into another room and do the funny noises he would make, like he did in uh, like Bruce Almighty and all that kind of. You know these kind of films. But mm. really, I don't necessarily think that the actual comedic writing was good. Okay. Apart, apart from John Malkovich's delivery, which I've found some points were just absolutely hilarious. So but I was, tonal, just, I was just John Malkovich. Tonal issues then, not uh, bring it, bringing it down. Okay. Uh, was that your last film, Scott, that you watched? Yeah, uh, that was a series. Yeah, probably. Aye. Uh, right, well, the only thing I've watched this week... I don't is... think anyone cares what you've watched. All right, cool. That's the end of the podcast then, guys. So thanks for tuning Hey <laughs> uh, right, Scott, I, let me just kick you out. It's <laughs> fine. Skype will probably just unblock me again, anyway. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I've watched a documentary on Netflix, so it's um, really interesting, quite harrowing, actually. Uh, Athlete A. Has anyone oh, seen this? Right. No, I've not, not yet, watched not it, but I saw it. It came up on the, the kind of list yeah. of things to watch. Definitely worth a watch. It's yeah, it's just quite horrifying. Really, kind of hearing the sort of I mean, it's so recent. We're talking in the last few years, but it's been systemic as well. And going back, showing you the kind of treatment of the uh, American gymnast team, these young girls. Uh, and it's it's focused on the Olympic doctor, Larry Nassar. He's the, the main abuser. But it's kind of not just him. Uh, I won't go into detail, but there's, it's kind of uh, the entire management can also be blamed for a lot of different type of abuse going back decades um and yeah you wonder it makes you wonder that this is not probably like isolated this will be one team experience but this could probably be i wonder how many other teams have got stories like this and other sports as well it's yeah it's it's quite traumatizing and some of the it is kind of hard to watch at points just hearing some of their kind of what it, the effect it's had on these young girls or and now women because uh, it obviously is quite lasting but a very interesting and I'd say definitely worth a watch um, yeah so a bit of a downer but uh, it's, it's Hi, certainly yeah yeah I cool. uh, you were going to talk about Gordon have you had any dreams then any <laughs> is Gordon still there I think he's dropped off oh, I've, I've, oh, I've, I've called him again so hopefully he appears. Did he leave when I said that at the end of the podcast? Did he actually think that was the end of the podcast? Well, it was quite. It was, it was quite funny actually because the point where Scott said we don't care what you're talking about <laughs> just left. <laughs> <laughs> it was like he took the advice. He was like, "Yeah, I better go." <laughs>
Ori probably <laughs> heard Steve about to go on talk about a really depressing subject matter and just went, ah, that's it. That's enough of that. That's still still worth a watch. <laughs> <laughs> no, I really do want to watch it. It's it's eye opening. Eye opening is how I would I would put it. Um yeah. Very well told. Uh directed documentary. Uh right, okay. We'll finish on a a, a high note. Is anyone uh Robert, have you have you is there anything else you've been I know you've you mentioned a few things that you've you've watched. Just just before I came on tonight, I start, I watched the first two um three episodes actually of that thing that's on BBC iPlayer just now called I May Destroy You. Oh, I've oh. seen that advertised. I've seen what is, what is I, I have to say it's excellent. Mm. It's very, very good. You know, it's like um it's I'm not really I mean, it's very sort of I don't know. Well, it's a it's a like high percentage of black cast, and it's based around a woman, right? So it's always like kind of one of these things that you kind of get. Now, right? I don't mean that in a, any remotely patronising way, but as you as you watch it, you know, it's like you think, you know, it's very very true that not so long ago a film a, a, a program like this would not have been made. Yeah, that is very true. It just would not even have existed, you know. Yeah. So to actually sit and watch it. Um, just, anyway, so I won't give it away. I don't even know what to say plot-wise. It's just kind of let's just say um, this something the main character in it, this girl, you know, just something. Well, I think you'll, you'll guess within fifty minutes something bad's going to happen. Anyway, right? So that's all I'll say. But it's, it's just great. And the first step, you'll probably spend a lot of the actual the first. Um, it's quite not too fast paced, but the first twenty minutes of the first episode. It's only half an hour. You were like. And it's like, I mean, what the hell is going on here? What, what, is, what, is, what is actually going on? <laughs> then it becomes quite clear what's going on. By the time you get into the second episode, you're right in there. So right. I, I would recommend that. I thought it was, so probably after this, I would be straight back onto that. And then that athlete A things, you know, I did see that, but there's so much stuff on Netflix and stuff and everything. Mm. There's so yeah. many things to watch. It's, I know it's it is uh, we spoke about it on one of the last podcasts. The uh, wealth of content is almost overwhelming. It can be, and that's just one service. You know, you've still got Amazon Prime, um, and obviously, what I mean, I don't even turn on the telly, but there is technically you could watch stuff on that. Um, it's insane. Uh, Disney Plus, uh, yeah. So yeah, it's 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 weird to complain about these things, but it does feel like an overload of information. Is is the the subject we spoke about last time? Um, uh, I think we'll we'll end it there as Gordon is rejoining us. <laughs> is he all right? <laughs> I mean, there was a lot of heavy breathing with the camera. <laughs> Gordon, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Yeah. God, Jesus! Sure, that wasn't one of your dodgy websites. Gordon? No. <laughs> we're still, oh, we're still, we're still unable to view. Yeah. Aye, sorry. Right. That, that, that went pretty well. I lasted forty minutes this time. True, usually it is less than that. Right, okay, we'll end it on that. <laughs> so yeah, thanks guys for joining me. Uh, this has been fun. We've certainly got a lot of things we can... This is If you were creating a recommended list for people, if they want to, to go out there and, and check out some of this stuff we spoke about, there's quite a wealth of content out there. So yeah, thanks guys for joining me. And we will be back Pleasure. next time. Thanks, thanks Robert. Scott, and... Uh, 
Fran, I suppose, as usual. And uh, Gordon, <laughs> just out Back, here. Back kicking me out. <laughs> <laughs> Always a pleasure. Bye-bye. Right, Peace out.